Hello, hello, hello. Hey, I folks. I am Reverend Monika Bowman, and this is my dynamic co-host, Dr. Aisha Francis. Hello, hello, hello. And this is Chili, Chili Grits, Grits Podcast. Podcast, where we take all things Southern sayings and talk about how they have shaped and influenced our lives here in the Northeast and our road to leadership. So we're excited to be back. Yes, season two, season, season two. Season two, <laughs> yes, we, we took a break. We did it, we did take a nice, well-deserved break, but we're back. Yes. And so how was your summer? It was good, it yeah. was good. It was uh, logistically challenging. This is the first summer that both children were in two different camps. I don't know that we'll do that again, but you know, they both had different needs and different interests, so we really wanted to honor that, but um, it was nice. We had a lot of uh, family time, and that was important. And then I um, was really focusing on trying to peel back some of those regular routines that are in the fall mm-hmm. and winter season to make space for the uh, chaos of a, a, an adjusted schedule. So uh, that was the summer. It was good. Yes, when your children get older, is more things and activities. Yes. And when you have two and they have you know, different paths. That's right. It gets complicated. Yes. We're not quite there yet because our youngest is three. Yeah, you all have that gap. We have a gap. But she goes wherever Zora goes. Right. <laughs> I know. And at that time, keep it that way as long as you can. I'm I'm trying. <laughs> That's I'm all trying. I will say. Yeah. Keep it that way. Well, Aisha knows that our summer was, you know, a bit complex, you know, and life happened with us. We actually lost a family member in our family, my mother-in-law. Um, she was a dynamic woman, um, a librarian. Yes, big reader. Yeah, big he, reader, mm-hmm. which, you know, we things that we do here, the study mm-hmm. of words, yes. um, is something that she found great value in. So I just want to take a little time to remember her and yes. her, her memory and her legacy because, you know, it's some of the words that she shared with um, Jeff and I that shapes this program. Mm-hmm. So Miss Sylvia, here's to Miss Sylvia. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Miss Sylvia. You added such value to all of our lives. Absolutely. Now was Miss Sylvia originally from the South? Was she from the well, I know that her family was from Gary. And okay. so they were part of that great migration. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure what part of the South that the, her her side I know Jeff's side came from Florida okay so now I'm gonna go and ask but yes. they were definitely a part of that Gary Indiana mm-hmm. in its heyday yes when it know. was booming yes. and a factory town yes. yeah it was you know quite remarkable mm-hmm. um so yeah she she definitely when she was here with us you know listening to her words and just being able to Look through some of the documentation that is left behind. I am just really being exposed to multiple generations of her family history, and it really is a gift and a privilege. Oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Wow. So, Aisha. Yes. Tell me, Mm -hmm. what is the saying of the day that we will discuss? The saying of the day is one that isn't as familiar, but I think it it, it packs a big punch. And so it is, don't holler before you hurt. Okay, now. Or (laughs) said even more colloquially, don't holler before you hurt. Don't holler before you hurt. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. So tell me, what does that, what does that mean? So in its you know, most essential form. It's like, don't borrow trouble. Don't bring to people that you love mm. a challenge or a calamity when it hasn't happened yet. Yeah. yeah <laughs> so yeah, yeah. because 
you know, when folks are invested in you, they rally. You know, mm. people people are ready to yes, to indeed. help you problem solve. And then, you know, when it comes down to it, if there really isn't a problem or if what you are really bringing to them is more of a risk assessment, which that has its place. Yes. And that has its value. But if you're actually yelling in pain, people mm. are coming to the rescue Absolutely. and you're, you know, pumping up their adrenaline and everyone wants to know what happened, what happened? It's like, well, actually, it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> you don't want to be one of those people. You don't want to be one of those people. So um, this particular saying is one that I actually haven't been able to source in terms of um, some of the etymology that we typically do. But I think there are related sayings that do have a source. So I think, you know, not hollering before you're hurt is really, to me, uh, related to not being a chicken little. Yeah. And so we, the the story of Chicken Little, I think, is much more familiar to many of our listeners. Um, in Britain, uh, they call Chicken Little or that that sort of narrative of someone walking around saying the sky is falling, the sky yeah. is falling. And then, you know, everyone is is worried and rushing. And, and then here comes it actually isn't going to it hasn't fallen and the more that that is said, the less um, impact it has. the warning actually yeah. has, right? Yep. And so you become somebody who people discount because your sense of urgency and emergency is misplaced. Uh, but I will just for for the sake of reminding everybody kind of where does the saying the sky is falling come from. Um, it really comes from a folk tale in Britain. It's the Henny Penny. Um, but in the Americas, it's more often known as Chicken Little. And in the South, Chicken Licking. Chicken Licking. Yeah, <laughs> Chicken Licking. Um, but it's a folk tale. And the moral is um, told through this cumulative tale about a chicken who believes that the world is coming to an end uh, and is always indicating um that there is some impending hysteria and in the end there's not. So, you know, I think, first of all, have you ever heard of this saying? I have not. Mm -hmm. I have not. But when you, you told it to me, I did think about a situation and scenario that we'll get into maybe a little later, um, that where this applies. Ah, yes. okay. Not yeah. hollering before you hurt. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. So one of the things that I wanted to talk about is I was thinking about what is the connection between not being uh, someone who exaggerates risk, but also in leadership, someone who is aware of it yeah. and is really taking stock of things from a 360 degree perspective. And so for me, one of the most valuable lessons that I have had to bring into all kinds of circumstances is the trust but verify mm. approach, which is when people bring me challenges yes. or when they mention to me that there is an impending, you know, danger or a yeah. threat to the organization. I need to hear them out because yeah. I don't think people bring things to a, a leader lightly. I, I fundamentally don't think that, but also say where, where is, what are your leading indicators? You know, what evidence without asking for evidence. And sometimes I think that makes people feel mm. like they're under attack, you yeah, know, or yeah, you're being yeah. too litigious, but you know, what, are, what's the, what's the proof point kind of what led you to this decision? Um, and is this something you've been thinking about for a long time? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, is this emergent? And so asking more questions to bring out and draw out 
the cause yeah. it is has been helpful because I am one of those people whom when it comes to my team, my children, my family, if somebody says there that there's a problem, yeah, I rush into solution yeah. mode. Yeah. And I have learned sometimes the problem either hasn't hit yet. Yeah. So it was really more of an anticipatory Maybe, yeah. conversation or it wasn't as dire as presented. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> Aisha knows this. We're not going to get into the details of the how she knows this, mm -hmm. but she knows from a friendship perspective with me, um, if there is a situation, um, for a lack of better words, popping off. <laughs> <laughs> There's been some situations mm. and we and we 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 figured out some ways to work some things out. Um, and so definitely that sense of particularly the people that are most closest to you. Yes. When they see that you need help and they see that you um, are in need, they're going to show up because they care for you. Right. Right. And so, you know, it's like, how do you be a good steward? Of that. Over that, mm -hmm. right? Because every person has power regarding how they impact another person's emotion. Right. Um, I took a class on emotional intelligence and oh. really being able to like dive into oh, good. that. Was this recent? Yeah, it was at Harvard actually. Oh, nice. Yeah, okay. yeah. They have a continuing education and it was it was a really, really, really good program. Mm -hmm. um, but it just made me more intentional as a leader to think about, okay, how I respond because my response will have an emotional impact. That's right. It, it will. Yes. You know, whether people realize it or not, mm -hmm. it will happen. And so there's this one time where I had to think really long and hard regarding, okay, how do I address this situation? It actually became very public. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you probably know maybe what I'm about to talk about. Yeah. Um, in my house, we talk about it as Applegate. Mm -hmm. That's the way in which we kind of like acknowledge the pain of the situation and try to move past it. So that's our code word. So if you ever hear me out in the street talking about Applegate, now you'll know what it means. <laughs> so um, what was Applegate? So there was a time during the worst of COVID. Or two or three out. years yeah, ago. Two, yeah, I think it was two years two ago. Two years ago. Yeah. Mm -hmm that my family and I took a trip to an apple farm and we had a great day there. The girls loved it. We donated to the scholarship fund that was um, visible throughout the site. And as we were leaving, there was this really big guy mm -hmm. that cornered myself, my one-year-old at the time and my six-year-old and demanded that we follow him. And I'm like, okay, this is a little over the top. This is, you know, a family friendly place. But long story short, they accused us of stealing. Um, and when I got outraged, which I had every right to, mm -hmm. um, they called the cops on me and my significant other. Long story short, this, we were not expecting this, but it really caught the imagination of the public. And so before we went public on the ride home, we both said, this was really awful. And we were still processing our emotions. And at that time I was the vice chair of our school board here mm -hmm. in Cambridge. Um, and my significant other who is very private. Yes, 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 he is. Very private. <laughs> you will not find him on any social media. Yeah, mine either. All. They're the same um, in that. Yeah. He's just very private. He's actually quoted a lot in the Boston Globe, but because he's so 
That's private. because of his professional yeah, life. Like That's no different. One connects the two, and plus he has a very standard name. Mm-hmm. Um, I digress. Right. But in the car, he said, "You know what? We we have to talk about this, and we if we don't get a response, I think we should go public." And when he said that, you know, it really it, it ties back to the same, mm-hmm. right? Is that for me, because I, at that time, I was always in the public sphere. And when you're in the public sphere, everything is a crisis or like everyone's always advocating, right? Right. And always trying to figure out, you know, what's the thing mm-hmm. um, to really be able to latch on to. But it's really hard when there's so many different things to kind of like focus in on. Right. But for him, it was really clear. Mm-hmm. And so in that moment, I was like, okay. We have to do this then. Mm-hmm. I don't think he was ready for like what happened. Or what that after, meant. After. You all went viral. The situ- the situation went viral. It went viral. Yeah. I mean, it, the AP press picked it up. Picked it yep. up. We were in pretty much every major um, news outlet, USA Today, mm-hmm. like, and mm-hmm. all of the local metro papers. Um, and a lot of national news outlets actually reached out to us because they wanted to do interviews with mm-hmm. us. By, by the time it got to that point, we both decided, like, you know what? We made our point, mm-hmm. you know. And so, you know, really getting back to this saying, you know, even for myself, I knew that my role in the community gave me um, – a platform, as well as the work I did outside of that. Right? This is when you were in public service. When I was in public service yeah. here mm-hmm. in Cambridge, vice chair at the time. But I also was really well connected to um, um, news outlets mm-hmm. um, and um, reporters, right. too, um, because of the work that I did in the commercial real estate space. So even in that moment, I didn't appreciate the the alignment of those things that then would allow for people that saw Jeff and I as like, I don't know, the people next door mm-hmm. to see this and for them to feel like, okay, we need to rally. Ah, uh, yep. Mm-hmm. And that is exactly what happened. And so moving forward for me, you know, I'm like, okay, I know the power of that in a very unique way. Right that I didn't appreciate before, mm-hmm. right? And I think it's situational. Yes. Um, but even if it doesn't get to a viral state, mm-hmm. for the people that care about you, for the people that see value in what you represent, they are going to rally. And you have to be the person that stewards that process and know when to to stop, know when to keep it going, yep. and know how to then collect people you know, to have an end to the moment. To let them know this is the resolution. You all helped in such a wonderful way. Thank you. Yes. uh, Yes to all of that. I I think that the idea is and the reminder of not being the person who who's always sounding the alarm um, is that you have to be judicious with your social capital. You do. And that that is what underlies this phrase. You know, for me, don't holler before you hurt, because if you get labeled and kind of branded as the person who does that, that all the time, yes. it's like, uh-uh, you yep. know, she is forever borrowing trouble yep. or he is forever borrowing trouble. I am going to discount what they say. Yeah. And then the the time or times plural that you really need people to show up for you. They're not going to You've do lost it. it. Yeah. All that capital is gone. Yeah. You yeah. have lost it. And, and I think that, you know, as leaders, we need to 
call attention to times when perhaps people might have brought things to us because they th- thought it was a crisis mm. and it wasn't. Yeah. And, and just, you know, I think that going back to this kind of moment of of query and a moment of pause and reflection for you all it was that drive home that ride home was the time that you all had to think about what is our you know response to this and and how do we want to handle this in a way that is productive and healing for as 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 healing as possible you know for our family or whatever the outcome is but I think the the other piece of this is knowing the evidence knowing you know what's the decision that you're looking at, like, what are our choices and options? But then what is the outcome? Because that determines, I think, sometimes whether or not you are, you know, calling the alarm. Is this, am I hollering because I'm afraid of personal injury? Am I hollering because I really have been, you know, hurt, even though people can't see it? I just think there's so many ways to think about that. Um, if you are in a situation in a workplace where there's this pattern of constant crisis, yeah, yeah, what absolutely. is what's underlying that, right? Yeah. And how do you help staunch the bleeding? Because nobody can operate in that environment. It's very, it's toxic. you know, your and cortisol it, 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 yeah, is you're always, always elevated. Yeah, yeah always yeah. elevated. You cannot always be at a state of in a state of emergency. Right. You know, we have to find ways to dial dial it back. And if you are, I mean, maybe you are literally. And I know I'm being literal, but maybe you are literally an ER, you know, <laughs> nurse or physician. Yeah. Maybe you do live in in a, a state of constant emergency. And, and you know, I think that's a whole different state. But to me, the the kind of ethos of this phrase is to be really careful about how your, you know, um, about how how what you say impacts your community, and in yeah. it in it to me assumes and and presumes that there is a community that is impacted because yeah. otherwise why, who are you who are you hollering to right yeah, nobody yeah, is yeah. like hey help me yeah. if there's nobody that they think are, is going to respond yeah. so whoever is is generating the the cause for concern knows they know that there's somebody who's going to be responsive because otherwise they wouldn't, you wouldn't, we wouldn't raise the issue. No, it's true. And, you know, I had to learn through maturity um, that everything, everything's not going to escalate to that point. And I should, I mean, maybe all people just know that generally, but when you come out of a space where where I went to seminary Mm -hmm. and I was definitely the social justice, um, um, liberation theology the track. organizer yes yeah. that was who I was and in that context you know there is this push because the injustices are so vast and are many there are so many mm-hmm. and you can burn yourself out constantly speaking truth to power you know that right yeah, yes yeah, that yeah, phrase that mm-hmm. phrase and it took growth and maturity for me to realize that Yes, you can speak truth to power, but you can also be strategic and have a similar impact. Mm-hmm. And it was growth. And like, and it's something, quite frankly, that I still struggle with to this day because at the core of me, I am still that person that yeah. is the advocate. Let's take it to the streets. We, we out here, y'all. <laughs> and, you know, that's honestly, I think God called me to serve during COVID. 
because it was one of those moments you had to function like that. Mm -hmm. So I I forget the term. Okay, the next time, okay, our next podcast, I'm going to go back and dig up all of the information Mm -hmm. from that um, emotional intelligence class because there's a type of leader that Mm -hmm. functions in, lack of a better word, chaos. And there's Uh, a term for it, and it's not coming to my mind right now. That would be good to know. Yeah, Yeah, it's a type of person that goes into those situations and that's what they do. It's the executive when the company is about and to turn be around, like yeah, the turnaround. Yeah, yeah, that person. person. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know. Maybe I need to reconcile. That's who I am. I'm not really sure. I'm not sure if I want that for myself. But yeah, yeah no, I get it. That's intensity. It is an intensity. I think what I've learned is that you know the the leadership position I have was a turnaround mm. uh, for for the college, but I would not. I would not say that in other circumstances, like, good, I'm the turnaround. I'm the turnaround leader. Yeah. It was situational, situational because it's it's for such a time as this. Yes. This institution at this particular time, yep. knowing because I worked there for two years and four stepping into the presidency, knowing, you know, what what an asset it, it is. Yeah. And so I think that that makes a difference, too. But I would love to know. Um what the what the kind of leadership terms are and maybe that's something that we we fold in to the the podcast because there's so many there are various ways to think about and and label and brand and classify leadership and it I think it's becoming more expected that leaders know what sort of leader they They are what sort of leadership they're they are leading on in the same way I remember (laughs) applying to uh, professorship roles you had to have a teaching philosophy yes and you had to create a teaching statement and mm-hmm. all of these things and and it's not it's not always the case that you have to come into a particular leadership role saying what is your leadership philosophy yeah what's your leadership brand yeah. it's a question that, that does come up it I does. think during interviews but not to actually write it down and so that's something I've been kind of sitting with um this this the latter part of this year and especially going into 2024 is wanting to be uh, more thoughtful yeah. about, you know, which I've done all kinds of leadership, you know, tests and assessments, strength finders, Gallup strength finder, um, Myers-Briggs, yeah. uh, you know, various yeah. uh, assessments. Yeah. But which ones do I actually live into yeah. and and own uh, as feeling, you know, authentically aligned with yes. the way that I show up. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think just to, to wrap this, this sort of um, part of our conversation, I think the thing is that when I think about uh, don't holler before you hurt, I, I probably have swung in the opposite direction of the pendulum mm. in, you know, not, not rallying the the troops and and trying to solve as an individual or with a very, very small core group. And a lot of what I've learned from you is that, you know, expand that kitchen cabinet and that kitchen table is really a privilege and a benefit for people to be problem solving kind of in the trenches. And it's not a burden. And I have, you know, tended to come to things like, Oh, I don't want to come to somebody with a problem, but that actually forges stronger relationships when, when you are judicious and um, thoughtful in how you approach it. And so that's been for me, you know, one of the, the, the sort of blessings of the past three years is yes, it's been really hard. We've done some, some tremendous things, but when I look back on it, it's who, who has been, you know, with, beside and behind yeah. um, me as I've been trying to do like a new thing, you know, yeah. and, and this 
sort of, you know, had various David and, you know, versus Goliath moments. Um, so, and certain know. things are worth that level of investment. Right. And other things are not. Yes. And, <laughs> and people know. will let you know yeah. whether or not they have the bandwidth, the bandwidth to yes. lean in and yeah. you don't take it personally right. if they don't. And I, I have, um, you know, come across, there have been times when people have made asks of me and I just haven't had, had it, it yeah, to and, give. Right. Yeah. And people have been gracious with me. And so, you know, learning, but that's all part of this learning and growth mode. Um, so, you know, I think there we have it. Yeah. Don't holler for your, don't before, holler for your hurt. I want to see I'm formalizing it. Don't holler before, before you're your hurt. hurt. No, don't holler for your hurt. Don't holler for your hurt. <laughs> I don't know any other way to say it except the fo. F O. You gotta do it. I promise. I grew up in the (laughs) south, and you hear it in my my voice, my Mm -hmm. dialect. Yes. Sometimes I don't know. It's just habit. I try to like. Smooth it. I know, and that's why I think we we will caption it. Don't holler before you're hurt. Yes. But just know when you're saying it in the southern parlance, it's really don't holler for your hurt. It's okay. You know, I'm okay with like I I need to work on my code switch. Like I don't have to code switch switch in the other direction. It's okay. Let it be what it be. Let it do what it do. It is. Absolutely. Well, that's a wrap. That is a wrap. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm excited, Aisha. Like, this brings me so much joy. There's so much happening in the world. Lots of things happening in the world and, like, personal lives. But it's always good to have a creative outlet. Yes, that's true. That allows you to just step outside of all of that Mm -hmm. and be present and show up in a way that brings you joy. Absolutely. So So we thank you all for being here for Season 2 and for the Folks who were wondering if we're going to be back, we're back. We are back. It's been really affirming uh, to have some uh, messages coming from folks like, what, what's happening? It's well into fall. I know. <laughs> so <laughs> we're here. We're, we're a little late, but, but we're here. We're here. We're yes. doing it, y'all. Yes, we are. We are. <laughs> See you all next time. All righty. Bye. Bye.